All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour is Channon Kelly Ray of Channon Kelly Ray Consulting. She is she is brought in by Lacrosse County to do a. I, I guess I, the easiest way I could say it is a DEI study, and then people will be like, "What is DEI?" And I'll say it's diversity, equity, and, and an inclusion study. And you're you're in the midst of that, right? You were hired a couple of months ago. You presented to the board uh, last no a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just kind of where you're at. And I guess you know. Can you kind of explain the 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 what you're doing with within the county to to study DEI? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And you know, I want to make sure that people are aware of, of uh, you know what this process looks like. Because when I come in and they talk about a DEI assessment, sometimes people assume right away, oh, she's they're saying that everybody in the county is racist. That's where I was and going. That is, yep. That, that couldn't be further from the truth. So. What I'm doing as part of the assessment is, well, let me even back up a little more. Why am I there? Why, why did they even decide they needed an assessment? Right. Well, a couple of, a couple of years ago, the county, the county board passed a resolution declaring that racism was a public health crisis. But also, in the, in the, over the course of the last several years, the county has done some, some uh, introspection and said, you know what? We're doing the work that we do across an increasingly diverse population. And let's think about everything that the county does across every program, every department, every division, and let's make sure that we are doing all that we can to meet the needs of everybody in the county, no matter where they reside, because we're talking about people of different ages and and senior citizens and young people, rural communities and and, and, and sit in larger cities or or in the more more urban area, and, and by urban, I'm going to say on Alaska, Holman, and the city of La Crosse. Yeah, uh, people that are people that are diverse in terms of physical and cognitive differences, uh, languages, uh, the kind of housing stock you live in. So it's all of that. So they said, as a county board and a county uh, administration and management team, let's listen to the community and figure out exactly what it is we're trying to solve for. So this assessment process has me talking to leaders. I talked to 47 out of 49 leaders to figure out how they thought the county was doing in terms of of DEI and leadership and their ability to credibly and effectively lead in, in, in this space because a leader is going to make decisions about the future course and direction based on where they believe they are today, positionally, operationally, and financially. So we did a leadership insight report, and that's published on the county's website. We're also doing a SWOT analysis of the county's policies, processes, and procedures through a a lens of equity and and inclusion and really improving the lives of everyone that lives in the county. And so we'll be publishing that, but we looked at hundreds of pages worth of of data and documents and and governance structures and forms and have come up with right now about 541 different insights. We're going to be doing a a survey of all of the La Crosse County staff and host listening sessions. And we're going to also do a survey of all of the community to hear from the community as well as have listening sessions across the community. Because what we want to do is learn and hear from folks across the county on those things that are critical issues. But most importantly, we want to make sure that the county as a government is not working against itself and its people, but but rather working for everyone. So that's kind of what I'm doing. The end result is to publish a five-year strategic roadmap so that after we figure out what we're trying to solve for, that the county will have data-informed strategies, 
processes and programs that that seek to close those gaps to make sure that everybody in the county is doing well. When you assess the county, do you find La Crosse County pretty diverse? It's not as diverse as other parts of the world, but um, I think that La Crosse County is diverse in that diversity doesn't just mean racial or ethnic diversity. Diversity means socioeconomic difference. It means language difference. It means levels of education in terms of difference, rural and non-rural in terms of difference, age difference. So lacrosse is very diverse. People are not one dimensional. And so I want to make sure that, that everybody understands that as well. What kind of experiences do you have uh, that, that led you to, you know, kind of taking this on, you know, the, your, your life experiences, not the, not the county taking the county on, but being in this role? Well, I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've lived in several different cities across Wisconsin, uh, specifically Menominee and Oshkosh alongside Milwaukee. Um, I've, you know, educated in the University of Wisconsin system. I have a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion credential from Cornell University. I've got more than 20 years experience doing uh, diversity, equity, policy writing, review, and, 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 you know, doing this kind of work. And not just in the public sector, while 40% of my catalog is generally city, state, and even federal government, but I do it around the world. I also do it in, in K-12 and higher ed. I do it in the private sector across lots of different industries globally, um, including construction, service, um, uh, insurance, financial management, um, and, and many other science, tech. So I've done this a long time. And, and every time I come into an organization, there's always something new and interesting to learn, even in, in, and I do it across healthcare. But I think that the, 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 the bigger takeaway in terms of my life experience is that I've spent, you know, I'm 53. I've spent at least the last 43 of those years engaging and talking with people, understanding what their hopes and desires are. And as a, a student of history, um, you know, I, I understand what our past collectively has been and how our past has been different among different populations of folks like women and, and people with disabilities or people that don't have a formal structured education. I know that the system doesn't treat all of those folks in the same way. And so my goal has always been to listen, to learn, identify the strategies that we can do to create opportunity for folks, and then to help organizations create an operational structure that allows for them to absorb that information, make behavior-based changes, and then allow for individuals, but also the organization to accomplish goals. That's Shannon, Shannon Kelly Ray. She's a consultant hired by La Crosse County in diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you say DEI, people are like, what is that? So I always, I'm going to say it, the full phrase every time, uh, Shannon. But we're going to take a break. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me now is, well, not now, still on the phone with me still is Shannon Kelly Ray. She's a consultant hired by La Crosse County to look into DEI, or otherwise known as better known to me anyway, as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, you're, you're in the, like, what's the timeline for, for your, you know, study, I guess? Would you call it a study? Uh, I would call it a study of sorts. It's an assessment. It's to, to, be able to, to gather information, learn, 
identify some insights and some uh, findings and offer recommendations. But the recommendations are, are partly me, but mostly from, from the community. Yeah, and when I had La Crosse County Board Chair Monica Cruz on uh, before last month's county board meeting, I did ask her this, and you probably get this, and you kind of alluded to it before, but I said, hey, are you nervous about what Shannon might come out with within the county because sometimes people take it as, oh, you're going after us for, like you said earlier, being racist. But I guess what is the problem? Is there a problem within, is it within La Crosse County government or within the community? Or like, what are you looking for? Well, what I'm looking for is to find out from the community what they see as its unique challenges. Um, so, for example, let me give you some sense of, of what I've found so far. In, in talking to many different community organizations and, and other folks that, that provide service in the community. What I found out is that when the COVID shutdowns happened, it really illuminated the fact that um, in rural communities, not having broadband was, uh, was uh, served, uh, had a very negative impact on kids that were school age, especially that those kids that needed to connect uh, virtually to classrooms and not having broadband, not having the same access to technology uh, caused them to not access education that they are entitled to, but it, it set them back. And so that's a challenge. That's something that the county has to think of. The other thing that I've found to be a challenge is that, you know, people come in all shapes and sizes in the county. And I know that folks that need transportation, uh, assistance to get to, to doctors' appointments, dentists, and, and other uh, access other services um, sometimes are, are are of a size, and, and they may be uh, they may experience obesity or morbid obesity. And having transportation that meets those the needs of those folks is still a challenge in the county. I've learned that housing is a challenge in the county, and not just finding available housing and affordable housing, but finding appropriate housing where it meets at least code. Um, having access to to uh, inpatient um, substance abuse programs in the county and not having to go to to Madison or Milwaukee or other places for services. So these are things that I'm learning from from folks that I talk to. So these are gaps that are in the community. And so when we talk about solutions, we have to find out what resources are available in the community. How can we? allocate or reallocate resources in order to meet these needs, or how does the county partner appropriately um, with, with providers or others to make sure that those services are available in the community? So these are some of the things that you learn in a diversity, equity, and inclusion assessment. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, when, when they hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, automatically just go color of your skin, right? Yep. And I think that, Rick, it'll be helpful for people to know what do those letters mean? What do those words mean? Diversity, equity and inclusion when we talk about DEI. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's a funny one. And I'll skip to the second one real quick because I, I otherwise I'll forget. When I listened to a talk with Bernie Sanders, I think was on with Bill Maher on uh, his HBO show. And Bill asked Bernie. So Bernie Sanders, is this would be like I was expecting the greatest answer ever. Bernie, what's equity? And Bernie said, I don't know. It's something with equality, but I don't really know. And I don't know if he just stumped him. And I've often thought about, like, I can't define equity. I can't quite wrap my head around it. I need examples of equity or, or, or lack of equity. But can we start with equity? Can you define equity? Sure. So equity is about policies, rules, and systems. Equity means that you assess a system to identify where there are injustices or inequities that happen and 
you use a laser light focus on those things that are conditions that lead to injustice among the populations within the whole, and you remove those things. So it's like, imagine, Rick, if you and I are running a race together, right? Where I'm in lane one and you're in lane two, and we both are running around the track and we're making good time. And Rick, every time we get to the second lap, there's a hurdle in your path. And then somebody can come out and drag the hurdle out of your way and we continue to run. But you get to that, we get to that fourth uh, lap and the hurdle is there again. And you and I are running and we look at each other and I'm wondering, how come the hurdle doesn't come up in my path? Rick, why, how is it this, this hurdle keeps jumping into the path in front of you? I tell you what, let's figure out what is causing this hurdle to continue to be placed in front of you in the road. Let's remove, let's, let's change the condition so the hurdle can't keep coming back because we want for you to run the same race that I run and we don't want that hurdle to keep coming in. So there's something in the system that keeps putting that hurdle there. Let's do whatever we need to to, to adapt and change the system so that that hurdle does not continue to be in your path. That is equity. How often does the system just put the hurdle, take the hurdle out of my lane and then just put it in your lane? We're just going to we're going to do that. (laughs) Well, you know, the goal should be that the hurdle isn't there for either of us. Sometimes people have seen this poster. You might have seen it where it's, it's a DEI poster where they show three people standing behind a fence, right? And then they're all uh, having their view blocked to the baseball game on the other side. And the three people are different heights. And then you'll have three different boxes to adjust for the different heights so that people can look over the fence. And I keep telling people the solution is not to come up with different size boxes for people. The solution is to get the fence out of the way so that we can see the game. Well, then we won't know who hits our home run. I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Well, the other thing, too, is like, can I just I, I don't know if this is a perfect example or even a correct example. But a while back, we talked about school resource officers in schools, police officers in schools. Mm-hmm. And um, this is I think this happens. You've probably experienced this a lot in across the country in, in what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So black kids in, in lacrosse schools say they're not comfortable with police officers in schools for, for whatever reason. I guess there, you could give a, 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 a vast amount of reasons. Um, so we reduce or remove or change the way those officers look. They put them in plain clothes or whatever. But if you, if you're removing officers at schools, but then we have white kids go to school board meetings and say, we're uncomfortable that you removed the police officers from schools. But you know, the amount of black kids in lacrosse schools is vastly less than the amount of white kids, you know? So like there, I, I feel like there's equity there, but I can't quite put my finger on how you make, how you quantify it. Rick, first, let me let me offer a disclaimer, not that it negates my my perspective, but I'll say this. Over the course of the last two years, I've worked very closely with at least seven different uh, police departments uh, with the chiefs and and the rank and file specifically. Currently, I work with uh, several different police chiefs Um, and the issue of school resource officers does come up. And I've talked extensively on this topic. I've hosted listening sessions on behalf of departments and school districts. I've written race and equity policies for school districts that have been adopted and are implemented. And this is what I'll tell you about SROs. Number one, I I want to to inform the conversation and say this. Even though a population may be small in number, we don't ever want to discount their lived experience their uh, their perceptions and how they feel in a space. So even though 
uh, black kids are a small number in Lacrosse County schools. I don't want to discount what what are real and true feelings or fears. We have to take those into account because perception is reality. So let's let's uh, make sure that we address that. Uh, number and then number two, this the issue of removing police officers or SROs from school. I want to make sure that everybody's clear that not all school districts are created equally. The challenges of of lacrosse. Uh, the, the schools within La Crosse County are not going to be the, the, the same challenges as Chicago schools or, or Houston schools or L.A. Unified School District or New York schools. These are very unique communities with unique populations and very different experiences. People will talk about the preschool to prison pipeline, but this is the thing that I know for sure. Police officers are your mothers, fathers, cousins, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, friends, and partners. And the one thing that we're not going to be able to, to remove from society are first responders and, and police officers or law enforcement. They're, they're going to be a part of the fabric of the community. And I know that there's been a fraught history with law enforcement across the country with, with the, the different treatment of different people, right? Yeah. And I think that what's more valuable is to to look at what SROs do, how they show up in the schools to make sure that they're trained. You know, people think that SROs, the role of SROs is to come and police children in schools, to enforce discipline in schools, to be the gatekeepers uh, when it comes to, to school suspensions and, and, and detentions and those things. And I've found that, that that is generally not the case. So I think it's important for people to understand what, you know, what, what are, SROs in your community doing specifically? What, are, what can they do and what are they not allowed to do? Have a good understanding also of the, the training that happens. Make sure that there is robust one-on-one conversation. Improve community policing and, and improve the communication that happens between kids and SROs. People track a lot of data when it comes to school resource officers. And what I've told police chiefs is, you all aren't tracking the right data. I've told superintendents of public instruction, you're not tracking all of the right data. Because when they look at what the role of SROs in schools and their engagement with kids, they want to know how many times did you stop a kid? Did you detain a kid? Did you arrest a kid? And what was, the, what was that? And that's generally a very small percentage of an SRO's time. More of their time is, you know, captured in how many hours did you do public speaking with kids? How many kids uh, and hours did you mentor? How many sporting events did you show up to as officer friendly to make sure that you're building relationships and connections? How many times did you participate in school clubs and and come to family or, or, or community nights or neighborhood night out and you met up with kids? How many times did you do ride alongs? How many times did you meet with the boys, with the boys house or boys and girls club? So people don't capture a full picture of, of what SROs do. So I think that we have to look at SRO programs and SROs holistically. If kids are saying that they don't feel safe, the answer is not to pretend that police officers don't exist in the community because even as adults, they will likely engage with officers in some form or fashion. I would rather that we set the community up for productive healthy relationships, to talk about de-escalation and community building and effective communication and making sure that people see law enforcement as a value add and, and not a detriment to the growth and progress and, and, um, and, and uh, lives of, of, of kids and their families and community members.
That's Chan and Kelly Ray. She's the consultant, the diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant hired by La Crosse County. I still don't. <laughs> can you tell me the rest of that sentence? Hired by La Crosse County to what as, as we go to break here? Sure. The end deliverable is to publish a five-year plan from all of this learning and to, to, to give the county a list of priorities in terms of programs and initiatives and policies or things that they should actually be doing once learning from the community so that they are going to increase access and opportunity to improve outcomes for every member of the community. That doesn't mean everybody will be a CEO and, and own a house on the overlooking the bluff, but what it means is that the county as a system won't be the thing that gets into your way. It'll be the thing that is working to help you in your life. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour, Shannon Kelly Ray. She's the diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant that's been hired by Lacrosse County to she she just gave the giant explanation of to to what she's doing. But we're we're kind of defining what diversity, equity, and inclusion are. But we got to the equity part for the most part. I, I still sometimes I, I still never come away with a, a great the the way I define. If I if I understand a, a phrase or not, is if I can go and tell somebody else what it means, and I'm not sure I can do that yet. But uh, we'll we'll keep learning. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Rick. I'm gonna make sure that you can do that before we leave this conversation. <laughs> We're gonna make this show three hours long. That's what Janet's saying right there. But the other two of the three words, diversity. Diversity seems like an easy one to me. When it comes to that word, diversity in DEI, diversity means just this: all of the ways that the human population express difference. All of the ways that the human population is different, that is diversity. Okay, Quite so, simple. All right. Well, that one's easy. Are we done with diversity then? Yes. Okay. Diversity is all of the ways that people are different. And, you know, people are intersectionally diverse. Diverse. So, you know, you may self-identify as a man, and there's lots of other men, but some may be, so you're a white man, or you could be a black man, or an Asian man, or, you know, all of these different ways to be a man. So there's differences sometimes in, in your experience and outcome. Or, you know, there's white men that are rich and white men that are poor, some that own houses and some that are unhoused. You, there are lots of different ways that the human population is different, and diversity speaks to that difference. And then when it comes to inclusion, so imagine that, you know, you have all of these people across La Crosse County, and they're all so very different from yeah. one another. Inclusion is to, to look at that diversity and then leverage it in order to improve some system or, or some, 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 uh, some value stream. So, for example, we might say, okay, housing is an issue with La Crosse County. There's not enough housing. How do we figure out what we're going to do? And I'm going to take the perspectives of lots of different people and with different lived experiences and, and perspectives and insights. I'm going to put at the table people from, from, from the outskirts. I'm going to take and put at the table people that live in the city, people that live in apartments, people that live in accessory dwelling units, people that live in a duplex, triplex, single family, I mean, different housing stock, right? Well, hold, wait, let's make sure that we also get people that have a lot of money and middle income and then low income. Oh, but let's make sure that we get seniors and then the 20-somethings. You, you want the, the Gen X, millennial, the, you know, the, the boomers, everybody. Diversity is all of these different people with different experiences and perspectives. Inclusion 
is to leverage all of those experiences and voices so that we can come up with a great solution. And it may not work for everybody, but it won't work for most. Let's leverage all all of the wisdom and insight and talent that they bring and come up with a great end result. That's inclusion. Right. And you you say come up with a great solution, but what's the problem that needs the solution, right? Like to go back to that again. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're trying to figure out the problem, you'll never know it unless you you communicate with the folks who are impacted by your decision-making so they can tell you how life unfolds for them. And for La Crosse County and for the work that I do, we're trying to find out how does, you know, how are you experiencing life? What are the challenges or obstacles? and, And what do you think some of those solutions could be? Because, you know, my saying is, you can't bitch without a pitch. So what's, what, what isn't going great, and, and what more do you think can be done so that we can close the gap as you've identified? We're speaking with Chana Kelly Ray. She's the diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant hired by La Crosse County, and we're just kind of defining diversity, equity, and inclusion and, and talking about some of the, the issues, I guess, factors that, that you're looking into in the county. Has anything stuck out to you like as, as you're you know, as, talking to people throughout both rural and urban areas? Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff comes up. You know, I've talked to people that represent different racial and cultural backgrounds, and, and um, people do have some people do have very different experiences because of the skin that they're in, because of their gender or their sexual orientation. Some people have different experiences because they don't live in the middle of the cities that they live, uh, you know, on the outskirts. Some people have different experiences, um, you know, in, in terms of what they feel about the development of infrastructure and, and investment in roads. Some people have very different feelings and, and experiences based on the impact of, of those things that I just mentioned. And so is, is race a challenge for lacrosse? Yeah, it is. Is that a surprise? It shouldn't be to anybody because this country has a history when it comes to race. And, and you know, not all of us see one another in, in the same light. And my feeling, in, in, in more, again, more than 20 years of, of experience globally and especially in the U.S. is that most people – don't show up at the table or wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to be a jerk and I'm going to be racist and homophobic and I'm going to be horrible. That's not most people. Most people, when they know better, they do better. You know, we, we get accustomed to communicating in a, a certain way and engaging with others in a certain way. And if we don't have these open uh, mechanisms for two-way communication where the, it's built on a foundation of respect and extending grace. If we can't say to one another, another you know, I, I wasn't comfortable that you did this, or I wasn't comfortable that you said this, or I would prefer that you not refer to me in this way. You know, when people know better, they generally do better. So I think that a lot of what has to happen is engaging in conversation so that we can recognize and honor one another's humanity and understand that not all of us experience life in the same way. And just because one person doesn't experience something or doesn't see it, doesn't mean that other people don't experience something or have things happen. I feel like I've asked this two, two other times or you've brought it up and I just like, did I ask this or did I, was it worded a little bit different? But when you're talking to these people, do you get the, do you get this often? The, this That's not happening here, you know, or whether it's racism or something else. Do you get that a lot? Sometimes people will say that racism doesn't exist in, in uh, the government where they, they live, or they'll say that racism doesn't exist in a company where they are, or that, you know, these isms, and not just race, they'll say these isms don't exist. 
but they're generally the people that aren't impacted by those isms. Right. But when you ask the people that would be impacted, then they say, yeah. And, you know, interestingly, for the people that feel like, well, across county government doesn't have any problems, that's, you know, government is of the people, by the people, for the people is the people. But what I found is that many people with, within La Crosse County's government says, you know, we're not horrible, but this is this represents an opportunity for us to grow because there is room for us to grow. We identify that we're not perfect. We have the, the room to grow. I've never gone into an organization, public or private, um, five, whether it's a Fortune 500 or Fortune, Fortune 100, no, no company, large or small, do I ever go in and and. I don't go in looking for these issues. I would rather they, they not exist. I would rather to have the world be this place that somebody like me and, and in my role, uh, you know, doesn't have to exist. But the fact of the matter is that I've never talked to a CEO that said this organization is perfect. We have no room to grow. No problems to see here. I've never gone into to any space or school district otherwise where they've said no problems, nothing to see here. They've said we're not perfect. We're not horrible, but we're not perfect. And we identify what our weaknesses are. Help us to, 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 to listen to one another, to learn, to find out what, what could be better so that we can do those things that will make our system better for the people that do the work, for the people that are the recipients of the work that is done, and for all of the community where they're present. You have this 30-page report that you presented to the La Crosse County Board last month. A couple of the pages are La Crosse County Leader Insights. But when, you, when we mm-hmm. talk about diversity, the La Crosse County Board is elected. So there's not a, a ton of choice here. But when you look at the La Crosse County Board, you could say it's not, it's probably not all that diverse, right? If you're talking about racial or ethnic, well, racial diversity, it's probably not going to be called the most diverse body. Right. But I, but I do think that it's diverse board. Do I think that it's possible for them to to be able to get perspectives that aren't reflected uh, on the board uh, currently? Yeah, it's possible. And I think that they'll get a, a, a lot of that in this process. But, you know, I've also seen city councils and county boards that have said, you know what, let's seat an advisory committee that serves at the pleasure of this body. And it'll be made up of those voices that, that maybe aren't reflected in this body. So I've seen people do that. I've seen people do regular listening sessions, you know, coffee with with a, with a county board member um, or, you know, donuts with the police chief or, or, you know, I've seen people create lots of representative bodies that um, that are not elected, that don't hold authority, that cannot compel and hold or impart the, the, those elected officials to do something. But they offer insight. They can share stories. They can talk about what's happening within those con- different constituencies so that at least that becomes part of the narrative and part of the conversation. So there's lots of different ways to hear from a community that's not reflected in its leadership and in its body. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's upon them to to kind of learn and reach out, I suppose. But how about within the government itself? Is it upon the government to hire people that are more diverse? Because you can only hire the people who apply for the job, but you could reach out in different ways, I suppose. But I don't know if you've gotten that far into what you're looking into. Well, we are doing a little bit of that as well right now. And, you know, what I could, what I'll tell you is this. La Crosse County does a good job in terms of the, the, the population size of, of people who represent different elements of diversity. So I think that La Crosse is, is, um, uh, is, you know, doing pretty good. Um, and when you look at who works in an organization, there's a couple of ways that you look at it, right? You have to look at the people that are incumbents. 
what are your utilization rates? The people that work for the county, right? The people that work for the organization, what do they look like in terms of men, women, veterans, people with disabilities, uh, different racial groups? So you, you know who works for you. And then you look at the, the, the place where you recruit. What does our recruitment, uh, you know, um, service area look like? Where, where, where does, what do the pools look like for the, for the people that we recruit? And you may say, well, you know what? There's not a lot of people from this group or that group, and this is what their percentages are. But remember, when you look at the percentage of people within a community, you have to look at the requisite skills of the people that would do that role. So for Gunderson Health, for example, you might look at the, the, the racial backgrounds of the people that are providers, that are physicians. And you could specify and look at people that are cardiologists, right? And you look at the number of Hmong people or black people or Ho-Chunk people in the La Crosse area, and you'll say, oh, well, this group is 7% of the population. This group is 12%. This group is 3%, right? Now, though, I'm just fudging the numbers yeah, yeah, as yeah. an example. And, but you can't say, well, that means that when it comes to cardiologists, then that number should equal the number that they're representing the community. Right. It doesn't work that way. You have to look at what, are the, what is the level of education, requisite skill, and background of the people within that group that would fit into that role. And so, you know, you have to look at numbers in that way. For teachers, the people that have the background, skill, and education that could do that role that represent those bodies. Now, why would, why would this matter? In this country, it's been acknowledged that, that there has, have been long-term patterns and practices of discrimination that cause people to be federally protected groups. And so, you know, you have affirmative action. Now, people have a problem with affirmative action. And just so we're clear, quotas have been illegal for decades. There is no quota that says hire one disabled person, three black people, one veteran, and this uh, disabled person. That doesn't happen. But what, the, what we said is, Cast a wide as a net as possible to make sure that everyone knows that you have opportunities. And if there is a hurdle that keeps getting on the track, that keeps that keeps unfairly eliminating people from from consideration when they have the requisite skills, background, education, and experience, let's make sure that we're not unfairly keeping anyone out. Now, as an example, in terms of equity, you know, you wanted to know, well, what does equity mean? Once upon a time, we welcomed World War II vets back with ticker tape parades, and we wanted to make sure that we set them up for success, and we had VA home loans, and, and we had uh, tuition assistance for those veterans, and we set them up for success, but not everybody got to participate in those programs. And then you, you fast forward to the, to the mid to late 60s and 70s, and then all of a sudden we had veterans that were coming home that they called baby killers and murderers and terrible people. You know which veterans those were, right, Rick? Well, those I mean, were, go those, ahead. Those were your Vietnam era veterans. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that that's the time of Vietnam. My dad was in that one. Yeah. And so what they found in data was that Vietnam era veterans, because of their service, and those were not people that signed up for a volunteer military. They were drafted. They didn't have a choice, many of them. And so... Uh, instances of homelessness, unemployment, underemployment, discrimination caused them, because of these patterns and practices of discrimination, to become a federally protected group. And so as part of affirmative action strategy, you may hear programs where people will say, hire a vet. That's an affirmative action program. You'll see programs that are that are designed to to bridge this opportunity from from service members that are 
that are leaving their, their military service and they're going into the private sector. And then, you know, we're looking at creative ways to, to make sure that we're translating their their DD codes, we're translating their services to say these are some areas or doing worker retraining or, or doing, you know, bridge programs because it means that you're not guaranteeing these veterans will get a job, but what you're doing is assessing a system to make sure that they're not being unfairly kept away from opportunity. And we're encouraging people to cast a wide net and consider hiring this population. We're wrapping up here with Shannon Kelly Ray. She's a consultant hired by the county to look into diversity, equity, inclusion here. And you're talking to all kinds of people. And next month, we're, we're putting you're putting out a survey. Is that going to come in the mail? Just go online to get that? It, it, like, how, how would people access the survey next month? Well, in the month of July, there will be a community-based uh, inclusive culture survey. And that survey will be uh, published on the website. That survey will be shared by many of our community partners. That survey will be virtual. It's all online. It's voluntary. Anybody can participate. I want everyone in La Crosse County. And the county is people who live in the county or people that work in the county or people that visit and recreate and have some, some love or interest in La Crosse County. We want for everybody to have their voices heard. What is it, you know, what, what is your experience in the county? What's the county doing well? And how can the county grow and improve? We want everybody to participate. So you may see QR codes around town. You, you'll, you'll see it uh, certainly on the website. And so there you have it. And then also you're, you're talking with uh, community leaders outside the county government. I mean, as, as any examples of people you might be talking to? We're talking to folks within all of the cities in the county. We're talking to folks from healthcare. We're talking to uh, foundation uh, people. Uh, uh, we're talking to the folks at 211. We're talking to schools. We're talking to school districts, school systems. We're talking to, to um to Juanis, to Rotary, to Chamber of Commerce, Economic Alliance. We're talking to everybody. Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, YWCA. We're talking to everybody that that that, that um, we can connect to. All right. And then, Shannon, when when would be a good time to, to get an update from you? Have me come back in July. In July? Okay. We'll have more to report. Yep. All right. So there, there's going to be information. I can come July. I can talk to you in August. I can talk to you in September. So lots of information, more to come. But if people want to search for that information on their own, Google search uh, La Crosse County and then diversity, equity, and inclusion. La Crosse County DEI. And there's a DEI webpage for the county that comes up that ex- explains the assessment process, talks about DEI in the county and what they're doing. And they can also access the reports that are published as a result of the leadership insights, SWOT analysis, the staff survey, and even the community survey. I want to make sure that we're transparent, that we're accountable, and that information is available for scrutiny and participation by everybody in the community. All right. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rick. All right. got to take one more break. We'll wrap up after this. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Lacrosse's newest DEI consultant, Shannon Kelly Ray, for joining me this hour and trying to help define what she's going to do for the county as we go forward. Didn't really have time to get into it, but I would love to maybe have her back on as the state legislature kind of wraps things up, hopefully in a month, and see what her feelings are when the state legislature kind of goes after DEI initiatives throughout the UW system. Anyway, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening.